All right, we're here yeah, with another this, episode of Pines and Diplomacy. I am your host, Tyler Stewart. I'm your co-host, Ryan Comer. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, or Election Day across the country here. One year out of the midterms, just over, I guess like just over a year from now, we'll have the midterm elections of 2022. This election, there are a few big races right now. The Virginia governor's race with Terry McAuliffe, who they pulled out all the stops. They've had like Obama speak and, and Biden speak on his behalf. The New Jersey governor's race with Phil Murphy. Uh, Minneapolis and Cleveland are doing something different. They're, they're voting on some measures. Uh, Minneapolis is voting on a measure to replace their police department with a with the Department of Public Safety. And we also see Cleveland, they're trying to establish a community police commission. Uh, New Jersey is voting to allow sports gambling on college sports. That's a big one. If you want to lose money, really, I mean, people are going to lose a lot of money on it, which is how it works. Well, the, but the, it's fun. The sports books are going to make a lot of money, too. Yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, and another one I wrote down here. Ann Arbor, Michigan is looking to replace their voting with ranked choice voting. So that's interesting. It'd be another uh, Maine's already done it, I believe, but Ann Arbor, a, a local city that's looking to to switch to ranked choice voting. So that's something that's a new trend that might be taken over eventually. Uh, we also have a very special guest today, State Senator Liz Mathis, first uh, reoccurring guest on the show, on the pod. Uh, she'll be our first reoccurring guest, and probably uh, will not be making. So she'll be making her second appearance. Probably not be making a third appearance. Right, right. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's my fault. Um, I think I'm 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 the one to blame. So feel really bad. I think you're being too hard on yourself. <sighs> I don't know if that's possible for this okay. well, this egregious well, act. Tell them what you did. So I think I there's no way of knowing for sure. It could have been Jared, um, but <laughs> I think as we were packing up, picking up cords, and. I grabbed her charger for her computer, for her laptop. Yeah. And it ended up in our box of stuff. Which was terrific because <laughs> when we got home, I got home and I mean, I had already drank like four beers, which not bragging or anything, but I did drink a couple more when we got back. Again, not bragging. Wasn't really good to drive. Right. But I got a phone call from a number. First, I got a text message from a random number, and I, it said, hey, did you guys happen to grab a power cord? So I immediately ran outside. First thing I pulled out of the box was a cord with like a blue tip on it. I'm like, oh, that's definitely not ours. So then I get a phone call, and she asked if I can drive to Amanda to meet her halfway, and I thought of a, like, I thought it might be better to just go buy one, and I'll pay you for it, and I'll mail the, I'll mail the, the actual one, the original on Monday. But to my, even though I pleaded with them to try to let me pay for it, she said, no, don't worry about it. We'll go buy one from Best Buy. Not a big deal. So she was very gracious, although she probably hates us and will never join us for another episode. I don't think we're getting invited to the... We just got uninvited to Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, we won't be dancing too. to Love Shack or anything. Yeah, because what would we walk away with that time? Nothing. That she can't trust us now. You know what? If, if We've burnt that bridge. We should make this a recurring theme now. So whenever... If she does come back on our show, we yeah. should take something of hers every time. One thing and see how long <laughs> it takes for her to like <laughs> realize that we stole something from her. We'll be, that'll be our like, little little calling <laughs> be, card. That that's kind of funny. Yeah. Hopefully they see the humor in it. Yeah, I don't know. It was Hopefully an accident. She finds it funny. Yeah, no, I feel it bad. was not intentional I felt at all. So bad. I was like sick to my stomach. No, I know when you called. I, like I started laughing because it it's kind of funny, but like I was laughing more just at your um, despair, I think, yeah. and how bad you felt. And then um, I kind of caught it through the phone because I quickly realized it was probably my fault. Yeah. So then it wasn't as funny. So, you know, yeah. so there's that. As long as she sees the humor in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So besides our theft, uh, on this episode, we also have the Supreme Court of terrible Halloween treats, like the terrible treats that 
you know, the, the kind of people you go to their house and they hand out, like, you almost avoid their house because you know they're going to give you nonsense treats. Those those kind of treats. So we have the Supreme Court of Terrible Halloween treats. And I do, before we before we break to the intro, which is one of my favorite moments, um, I do have breaking news. I just got an alert, and this is heartbreaking for me. Probably know who's my favorite person in Biden's White House cabinet. Like, just one of my favorite. I talk about this person all the time. I think I'm in love with her. Oh, um, the... Oh, the press lady. What the heck? I press can't secretary. Think, press secretary. What the heck's her name? Um, Jen. I can't think. I can't. Oh, I've drawn man. a total. You're blank. killing me, Jen. man. This is. Um, I know. I'm sorry. You do. Yeah. No, and I know you talk about her all the time. You do. Yeah. Jen Saki. Yeah, you follow her on Twitter, and I love Jen Did, Saki. She's literally my favorite person. Don't you have if like you an, ever look? I'm, if you, she's gonna have a lot of time to. to do scroll. you need a moment? She, listen, do you need a moment to no, just saying, you and her? Yeah. Here? Listen, I, you're. Ryan doesn't know why yet, but you do have some time to scroll through TikTok, and maybe I'll make a TikTok for you. I don't know, but I like I think Jen Psaki is like the best person to ever be a part of that. Like, don't to you be have a some, press secretary? Do you have um, some indirect connection there? Is there somebody um, that you that follows? Not so Jill Biden. I'm, I'm not going to end up saying, but Jill Biden, the first lady's press secretary, Michael Arosa, follows me on Twitter. Oh, uh, so you were hoping to. Parlay that into like meeting Jen Psaki and telling her I think she's the greatest person in the world and I admire her. She's yeah. awesome. Uh, but anyways, back to the the negative part of the news. She tested positive for COVID. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Just found that out. So I'm not very thrilled about that. That sucks. That's but, unfortunate. Yeah, I'm, but she's vaccinated. Yeah. She's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we got a great... I thought you were going to say like <laughs> she's leaving she resigned. Yeah. Or, yeah, like I thought it was going to be something... No. No. Okay. Other than that, we got a great episode for you lined up, um, and we're going to recap all of these races and stuff we talked. We'll do an election recap next week, uh, but other than that, let's go. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You're working hard to put food on your family. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! Yeah! All right, we're back with our Supreme Court of Terrible Halloween Treats. Ryan, you have the first pick and the ninth pick. I have a list here. Okay. So you will start. Uh, we haven't done one of these in two weeks. Yeah, no, and I feel like I think just because after those TikTok videos kind of took off, we just, we, sh- we took a break. We took a break. Ryan went to Disney yeah, I think World. We got Disney World? Disney World, yeah. Disney World, okay. Well, it was like we blew up on TikTok, over 400,000 um, views. and No, 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 no. That was on one video. Right, 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 right. We're getting right. close to a million. We're about a million views yeah. on just those videos. No, and no so, deal. but like, just like when people win the World Series or Super Bowl, uh, like the MVP always says, like, I'm going to Disney World. Like, right. I, that was kind of my Disney World moment. And so I went to Disney World with, I mean, with that's, my kids. That's and, a fair, I mean, that's a fair move. Yeah, I wanted to celebrate. You could have quit your job and done all that. Like, like really wrote out that momentum. But Disney World's a pretty fair, Yeah, that's a fair move. Yeah. Was it fun? Yeah, it was outstanding. Good. Weather was good for the most part. Good. Nice so, and warm. Got a little so. two-week break from the pod. I yep. think collectively we, we took a little break, and now we're going to head full steam and do it again with our Supreme Court of Terrible Halloween Treats. Ryan, why don't you lead us off? Okay. I always feel like I'm supposed to go with my best one first, but like th- these are in – I don't have them uh, in, yeah, in any kind of order, I guess. Um, Hit so me! I'm going to go with Smarties. I'm going Smarties. Smarties? Yeah. Spit it out! Like, I know, I was hemming and hawing, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to go with. But I'm going to go Smarties, you know, the rolled up in the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, You know Smarties. 
But like, did you ever, did you ever crunch up the Smarties into like the powdery dust and like you, you can like twist the Smarties package in a way and you make it look like you're smoking? Okay, mm. moving Sounds on. familiar. I, <laughs> I don't know like if a, I did it, but I've seen it done. I think that was a trend. Like my first year teaching kids were doing that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like something like that too. Like I saw that. Somewhere. There's nothing ever wrong with like inhaling things into your lungs, but besides air, you know. Right. Yeah. Ever Oxygen wrong with that. Mostly. Smarties, though. So terrible. You don't like Smarties? Just, no, I'm not hey, a fan. That's probably like, not a good Halloween treat, though. There's you, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, this is like Halloween treats. If you're if you're digging in to your bucket or bag or whatever it is that you use to collect right. all your, your Halloween candy, uh, like I do, um, still, no. But like, that. you're not, that's not one you're going with right out of the gate. You're that's not fair. leading off with that because, it's, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not a, it's not a heavy hitter. All right. Well, I'm going to, Immediately just divide the crowd up on this one uh, with the court, I guess. The court. I'm going to go with a candy that I absolutely despise and cannot fathom why anybody would enjoy it. But candy corn. Mm. I hate, hate candy corn. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. It's not appealing. And how you like hand that out in like little packages or you like just hand them like handfuls of candy corn. Like what is that? I feel like when I was a kid, yeah, you would just get them like... A, like a handful of them right. or a few of Disgusting. them thrown in. Like, yeah. Now yeah. I don't know how they do that, I yeah. guess. They probably individually pack them and like hurt they our environment. But yeah. Yeah. So candy corn, absolutely terrible. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan either. I'm going to go sixlets. 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 Yeah. Okay. It's like a, it. Kinda, I don't know. It kind of looks like a knockoff M&M. Okay. Um, but they're not good. They're not good at all. I'm not a fan. Even, I've never even heard of those. So that's probably good. Like that makes sense. It'd be on the list then. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're no good. Uh, my, my, that's the fourth pick. I'm going to go with, I'm going to kind of hit a wide category here. Anything that is fun size. Cause you know, all the corporations are really just leaning into like selling you less and you're paying for more just so they can hand out, make it look like it's convenient for Halloween. And they're probably totally, I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I'm assuming they're just ripping you off. Like, a dollar a package or something. So you're not you don't have fun with those. No, I, anything fun size is just a nonsense. It's, just give it's me not a, fun. It's not fun. Give me a candy bar. Just give me a candy bar. You always know the house that has that does give out the full size candy bars too. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in the neighborhood, knows right? And everybody goes to those. Goes yeah. to the house. Yeah. I will never be that house, but no. But I'm just not a fan. Anything fun size. Okay. Just not a fan. Was that four? Four, five. Okay. Hit them. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the the non candy treats. Uh, so things like stickers, pennies, uh, the spider ring, um, tattoo, like things like that. Watches, watches. Big Daddy, Remember when he goes and beats, like gets, goes and breaks in the guy's house and makes him put his like watch in. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the non-candy treats. I'm not a fan of those things. I I can remember getting like the little, uh, uh, like a little game with a BB in it or whatever, like a little ball that you gotta okay. gotta try to move it around and get it in the holes, like. No, don't give me that. Give me like, give me that full size candy bar, right? That's exactly. I think that's kind of the theme. Is always just hand out candy bars. You'll be yeah. the, people will like you for it. They'll remember that too, the next year, and they'll just yeah. You're just that person. You're gonna everybody, run out early. But everybody likes that person. That's the price you pay. Yeah. My next one, I'm gonna go with sugar free gum. Anybody that hands out sugar free gum because they're <laughs> trying to be healthy and like do the right thing. <laughs> they're trying to do the right thing. Right, and that was the, <laughs> listen. You have 364 other days of the year to do the right thing. Today's not the day. Today's not the day. It's just not the day. As we are recording this on Halloween, so we have the right to say that, I guess. That's true. Yep. All right, number seven. Um, I am going to go with the cheap chocolate coins wrapped in the foil. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. (laughs) 
uh, yeah, those pop it in. You think you're eating chocolate and like it just, you're left with that weird like ball of, I don't even know what it is. Like it's, it's probably the stuff that allows it to be good year round, mm-hmm. like sit on the shelf for years and years and years. But it's like this waxy, just doesn't really taste like chocolate. Yeah, those are just those Definitely are gross. cheaply made, and the fact yeah. that you're individually packing all those little pieces, it's not good. Yep. Uh, my number eight here, number eight on the Supreme Court, going with raisins. And oh. listen, listen, I don't have anything against raisins any other time of the year. I actually like raisins, as Chris Traeger would say, they're nature's candy, but it's not good. Like it's not it's not what you want on Halloween. Don't be that person. You, nobody wants to go to the house if they're going to deliver raisins, and maybe that's their whole motive. They don't want people to go to their house. Fine. Don't buy candy. Shut the lights off. I don't know. Nobody likes raisins on Halloween. Anyways, my two cents, I guess. It's good. You got my soapbox and preach about raisins. I not say I like raisins. On days when we have raisins for, they serve raisins at lunch. I'll go around and like eat raisins that kids don't want. If they don't want it, they'll just because they're just gonna throw them away. I'll eat some of them, and I always tell them. I say the same thing. So over. you're a big raisin guy. You're just not on not, not on Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Tell me. I tell them the same thing. Chris Traeger tells people on Parks and Rec. It's nature's candy. I say that all the time because it is. It's delicious. Just not on Halloween. We're at nine now. Nine. Last one. I'm gonna go flavored uh, like the flavored. Tootsie roll things. Oh, they're not. To, they're not Tootsie rolls. It's, I don't. I know think. what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. they have like purplish. Like there's a green. There's yeah. an orange. Like those are no good. You don't like that's those? A, no. Oof. That's another. Oh, I kind of like them. I'm sorry. I just I if you're giving me if you're giving me a Tootsie roll, just give me a Tootsie roll. Oh, like I'll go classic Tootsie roll before I want to go flavored Tootsie roll. Really? Yeah. I, I'm. I prefer the other. But I'll, no. hey, I'll I'll fight for you here. I'll jump on your team here. I'll go to battle. I mean, nine times out of ten. No, 10 times out of 10. Whoa. I want chocolate. Okay. I want chocolate. That's what I want at Halloween. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? I want milk chocolate, but okay. like okay. But you're okay heart healthy, yeah. I'll take some dark chocolate. Okay. I want Reese's is what I want. Like if anybody out there wants wants to donate some, can't, no, I don't because I started a diet. But anyway, no. Uh, Try to talk out of the diet real yeah, quick. Yeah, <laughs> Reese's is what I would go. If I'm going to steal candy out of my son's basket like Allegedly. i'm taking well i mean you've still on the power cord so why wouldn't you st- logical next step it's cho- is reese's yeah. clearly that's the next <laughs> that's the next step but yeah no flavored flavored tootsie rolls i'm not a fan all right all right what what are what is the best one on there what do you think oh man do we, do we go honorable mention first and then go yeah let's do honorable mention okay i'll, I'll lead off the honorable mention i had um mounds bar yeah because nobody likes coconut. Nope, I had that. I had that as well. Yeah, if you do, if you say you, you're lying, if you think, yeah, you're lying. Uh, wax Coke or yeah, wax cola bottles. You did not. I had that too. Yeah, those are another bottles. thing. Like it seems like a good idea, and then you throw it in your mouth, and like quickly, you're like, this shouldn't oh, be in what my mouth. Heck? It's not. What I don't think. I, I don't think your body's supposed to digest <clears throat> wax like that. No, no. And maybe I'm That's wrong. Really funny. It's, you know, it's one of those things you feel like you shouldn't, and so you probably should. Yeah. Uh, circus peanuts. Yes. Terrible. Terrible idea for candy. Who out there is buying those that candy to make people want to like to make them want to keep putting them out there? Like how are they know. still functioning and making a profit? I don't know. Probably it's just maybe uh nostalgia. I don't know. Uh last one I had granola bars. Those people. People like, do that? Yeah, they just hand out like granola bars. So they can go buy a big like a bunch of them in a box and just yeah. and then they're doing the healthy alternative and Yeah, I like granola bars a lot, but not on Halloween. Yeah, probably it's, not. It's, we've all agreed as a society that Halloween we're going to eat that we shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. So let us do it. Stop trying to feed us granola bars. I'll eat that on, I'll eat that on Monday. Us. Stop trying to feed us granola bars already. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, I have licorice. I'm not a licorice guy, especially black licorice, but licorice on Halloween, I don't, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not into. And then if it's not Laffy Taffy, I'm not interested, I guess. The, like, the taffy and the wax. Okay. 
the right. wax paper. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. Okay. So you t- and you took a couple of mine. I had the wax coke bottles. I had licorice too. And then uh, what was the other one that you said that I had? Mounds bars. Yeah. No, coconuts no good. Okay. To me, it's like in almond joy. Like just put them yeah, in the, when you the get, same thing. Like basically. when you get sand in your mouth and you that little like. That little snap of the sand. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. I've, I don't eat sand by the handful or anything. And nobody's putting that in your Halloween basket uh, or bag. But that noise that it makes when you got a little bit in your mouth and then you try to get it out. To me, that's what coconut does. Coconut's yeah. gross. Agreed. Not Agreed. a fan. Absolutely. So, there's that. So, Chief Justice, who's going to lead the Supreme Court of Terrible oh, Halloween Treats? Man. What are we doing here? I mean, I... I I would put my vote behind candy corn just because it's people know everybody knows what it is. Yeah, everybody has an opinion on it. You either love it or you hate <clears> it. I'll eat, I'll eat it with with peanuts, but I'm not going solo. I'm not throwing candy corn in my mouth on its own. So I'm good with I'm good with that being Chief Justice. Yeah, candy I can corn. go with that. Okay, all right, it's settled. Candy corn then it's settled. All right, now we're gonna head on over to our interview with Liz Mathis as we do this interview. This is pre us stealing our power cord, so she still likes us, I think. Yeah. No, um, it was a good, it was a really good interview. Yeah. So enjoy the interview. All right. We are here with District, I think it's District Two, two. now. District Two now yes, officially. District Two. So you're going to be running against Ashley Hinson. Yes. Okay. So District Two Democratic candidate. For Congress, Liz Mathis, thank yes. you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Iowa maps. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the maps right now? How they're drawn up? I'm satisfied with the maps. Okay. I, I, you know, map number one would have been great. Mm-hmm. You know, fifty thousand more Democrats in your district. Uh, for you sure. Know, who wouldn't like that if you're a Democrat? Um, but map number two is fine. We, uh, the counties that we added on, uh, Fred Hubble won, uh, Rob Sand won, and so I think we're going to be good. We're going to be good. Did you think at any point that they were gonna, the Republicans were going to reject that plan? Because I know there's a lot of speculation that Republicans might reject and get to that third one and reject, or to the point where they could start drawing the maps themselves since they control the House and Senate. Yeah, that was one of the rumors going okay. around, um, and we wondered because the Republicans weren't saying anything; they weren't mm-hmm. giving any quotes to media. So it leaves you to wonder. Uh, you ask, and nothing's answered. Um, but we could tell when they started out the day, uh, kind of, you know, the rumors that were going around in the chamber were that they were going to take it, and they did. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. I was I, walking my students through the process of redistricting and then having them deny the first map, which I wasn't ready for. I should have expected, I guess. But then having them redraw maps and stuff, it was it was interesting having them draw those and they find out how, like, detailed it, that they, they are. And when you, the, the website we use to do it, when you draw all the districts the way they do and you get the population to come out, is insane how they get it so precise yes. within like 0.01% of population deviation. It's, it's insane. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. We how. were told that for that first map, they ran 10,000 algorithms for that. Oh, and wow. that the one that they presented was the one that had the least deviation. Uh, you know, but again, you kind of looked at it and some of the, the, you know, Senate districts and House districts were kind of these weird configurations, but mm-hmm. it still went by code. So not only are you running an algorithm on the number, but you have to go by what code says. Mm-hmm. So it has to be contiguous counties. You can't break up counties. Uh, you try to have, you know, cities as a whole instead mm-hmm. of, you know, 
crossing a line through the middle of the city, you know, to divide, you know, uh, members of one city in two. So, yeah. So along with all of that into the program, the algorithm was run and that was the best. This second one, I think, is fine. I mean, it it looks like our old map, right? right? It looks like the map that we've been following for the last 10 years. Right. But the critical part of this is you do have that map for 10 years. Right. So you have to figure out how you're going to work with it. Mm-hmm. And we'll be the first Democrat to, to win that district. And hopefully other people will follow, you know, the victory and, and uh, learn how to capitalize on it so yeah. we want more democrats to vote we want more of them to come out right and we want more democrats in seats yeah. in this district so that's part of my job too is pulling other people up you know that are in state senate races and house races so when you're at the top of the ticket you know that you have a job to do and your job is to create enthusiasm get people to the polls and then also help those who are in uh, you know lower on the ticket mm-hmm. sure uh i'm gonna hit, start with the doom and gloom here Okay. Are you ready? It's today's tomorrow's Halloween, right? Is that thirty-one days or is that thirtieth? Thirty-first. Tomorrow's technically Halloween, so we're gonna start yes. early. Okay. Doom boom. and gloom. <laughs> Have you read the Rolling Stones article about the January sixth insurrection? I have not. I have heard not. about it. Okay. Um, people have even said you've got to watch the Netflix documentary. Oh yeah. Insurrection. You know, and uh, and I have not read that Rolling Stone article. Tell me about it. So what what Rolling Stones are claiming is that I want to say Representative Paul Gosar from Arizona was potentially floating the idea of blanket pardons for members of the insurrection that were helping organize it, and that members of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, Andy Briggs, Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn, your typical pro-Trump individuals, were meeting with the people that were organizing the Stop the Steal election. I think like Ali Alexander or some other people that are associated with Alex Jones and uh, Laura Loomer, all these far-right individuals, they were all meeting to help organize and plan this event and with staffers of the White House as well. And I remember you, Comer, you mentioned a quote about what, what were you saying about how they wanted oh, to hear the roar of the crowd? Yeah, they wanted the Republicans that had, had not already committed to you know, defending Trump to hear the roar of the crowd outside the chamber and have that change their heart or impact their heart and their decision-making and stuff. So it, that was kind of chilling in a way because they was, knew what they were doing. It was all chilling when you watch you know, those videos that the FBI released one mm-hmm. at a time for each case. It just made me sick. Mm-hmm. you know. And I, I can't understand why Ashley Hinson, my opponent, would vote against that committee to investigate mm-hmm. January 6th. It's got to be done. It's just yeah. got to be done. Absolutely. Well, I mean, looking at that, though, like you can see both sides of it with like at least the Democratic Party because <clears throat> you you want to heal the nation. And I like you kind of see like doing that. Obviously, you need to persecute the, the wrongdoers and everything like that. But now you're just delving back into things that could potentially be controversial to certain people. So it just divides the nation further. Like, how would you handle that? If you had the opportunity to like lead the committee, how would you handle it? So you don't divide the country more. Well, I think it's not how I would handle it. I think it's what your constituents want you to do. And when they're looking at this on TV and they're seeing all this violence, police officers attacked under attack, Mm -hmm. how did this happen? You know, I think in journalism, you know, you talk about who, what, where, when, why, how, why, 
very definitely why did this happen and how did this happen. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that I think the American public wants answered. So if you're, you know, we're all armchair quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Especially on this game day. Go Hawks, sorry. You know. Don't apologize (laughs) for that. Sorry about that. But, um, (laughs) yeah, go Hawks. Let's hope they win. Um, but, But I think we can sit here and look at that and say, how did this happen? Why did this happen? And the role of then Congress is to find out why and how. And I think the first thing that you would do is call a committee together to start investigating it. And just like the Rolling Stone did, that's an investigative report. Mm -hmm. They were asking people a lot of questions to see where the ties were. And if something illegal was done, if something unethical is done, it's the role of Congress to call that out. Because that is such a deterioration of democracy, Mm -hmm. such a deterioration. So I would say the roar, the roar should come from voters and from constituents who want to see something like that not happen again. (laughs) We don't want that to happen again. That was just absurd. It was just uh, unreal, surreal that day, you know? And what was the intention? And are they going to do that again? Is there uh, a dark underbelly of this, you know, that that continues? And I think that's those are the real questions. And, and if you're a voter or a constituent, you want to know those answers. So I think it's the role of Congress to to take that up. Will it become political? Sure, people will say, "Oh, it's political." If you try to keep the straight and narrow in the investigation, and one testimony will lead to another which makes you call another group of people mm-hmm. or an individual there i think that only stands to reason that you want answers how deep right. is it who's involved how how broad is it you know and then what do you have to do to make corrections course corrections right. so it doesn't happen again it's yeah. similar like to watergate you know follow the money and see where it takes you right I think what I took away from the article was I know a lot of people are, were talking about, you know, they're floating a blanket pardon and all these like they should be ex- expelled from Congress. I think we need to be more concerned that members, sitting members of Congress are meeting with Alex Jones and Laura Loomer, people that don't ever have a chance of, well, and hopefully don't have a chance of running for Congress. They People understand that they're a little bit further right, but they're still, we have members of Congress that are meeting with them. And to me, that's kind of frightening and that's an ethical issue to me we're meeting with people that are perpetuating conspiracies about sandy hook and about a pizza parlor in dc i mean is that is that stuff would you consider if if all this stuff is true is that something you would be in favor of discussing at least discussing expulsion of congress for for individuals well here's what i know this is what i know so i have i talk to people every day on the phone Mm -hmm. uh, from donors to voters to constituents and what they're telling me is they don't like what's going on in Washington, mm-hmm. and this is what they don't like. Right? They, um, they're, they are watching the things unfurl with this committee, and they're making comment about it to me, about did you see this or did you hear that? And the bottom line is they don't want this to happen again. Mm-hmm. So I guess if there's a process and the committee comes up with wrongdoing, Right. and illegalities then something has to be done about it right but it's a thorough investigation they've got to get people to testify because if they don't testify you can't get to the bottom of it mm-hmm. you can't get to the root of it and if if um you know if, if the the outcome w- would be an expulsion i would want to see that from 
the process that the committee went through. Right. And it was solid reasoning and it was solid testimony and it was the truth. Yeah. That's the issue. As, as an average American, somebody that casually pays attention to politics, I fully can't understand how we can investigate so much into Hillary Clinton's emails, but we can't investigate the attack on our government, mm-hmm. our democracy. How does that, I, I can't process that, how that works. Maybe I'm not the only one in here. Am I the only one that is found myself trapped in that wormhole of how we can investigate that? No, it doesn't make sense. You're, no, okay, yeah. okay. So I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Okay, no. sorry. Just making yeah. sure I'm not crazy. I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't I can figure just, it out. I remember I was door knocking and I got to a door of, uh, there was an executive from a company here in Cedar Rapids and she just um, made a comment to me about Hillary Clinton's emails and I said to her, where, well, where is your server? And mm-hmm. she said, what do you mean? I said, well, at your company, where's your server? She said, I don't know. And I said, don't you think you should know where your server is? Everybody's demanding Hillary Clinton knows where her server is and what it does. Certainly, she's at a very high level of government, right? And certainly, there was a question about it. No question. Right. But I think everybody is just assuming that they do nothing wrong either. You know, so, so, and I even had a CNN reporter call me. Uh, about that very thing about emails at, at while I was sitting in the Senate chamber okay. so I left because it was about campaign issues so right. I left the chamber I said just a second I have to walk away from here to talk to you about a campaign question she said what I said look we have rules too you know and you would be the first one to say to me Oh, you know, you talked to me while you were in the Senate chamber about this. So I said, I'm walking out of the Senate chamber to do this. And then um, at the end of the conversation, she said, well, I'd like to email you further about this. I said, well, which email are you going to use? And she said, well, can I email you at your government? I said, no. Which email will you use? Case in point, Hillary Clinton. If you're sending me an email, does she have any control over that? Right. You know, unless she gives somebody her email, then she has control over it. But this person is asking me. And I said, well, I have a family email. I have a campaign email. I have a government email. I have an email that I use when I shop. Yeah. (laughs) Can I have that one? Which, sure you can. (laughs) It's an iCloud. Sure you can. That's all my receipts go there. You can pay some of my bills for me. (laughs) So, So I think... You know, there's there's some uh, culpability yeah. from the people that were also just emailing her randomly and not knowing if this is campaign work, you need to send mm-hmm. it here, if this is, you know, and I'm sure there was a lot of forwarding and trying to rearrange. And so, um, and people do that all the time. They email us campaign issues in our government email, right. and I always forward those to then where they need to go right. because we're not supposed to be doing campaign work on a, on a government website. And you can't expect the average work. American to know campaign and finance they rules. They hardly understand the Constitution half the time. So it right. makes, yeah. And at fair. a state level. And sometimes they'll even say, yeah. I'll reply to them, I cannot reply to you. Um, I am going to forward this to you know another email address. Mm-hmm. So, so you try to do best as you can. You know, it's not their fault. Um, but I, I think, you know, in regard to the emails, sure, it was blown up, you mm-hmm. know, and now we think that looks like a very small thing compared to an insurgency, right? To some people. Yeah. To some people, for sure. Yeah, well, to me, it does. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I agree, 100%. <laughs> right, I, yeah, right. there's a subset of population that <clears throat> occupies yes. our congressional buildings, and they, right. don't, they don't think it's a big deal. Right. Um, big question, I guess, we'll, we'll go back to brighter things. Um, 
talk tell us about why you decided to run i mean this is a big step for you to go from, i mean from state senator to yeah. uh the house representatives what made you decide to make that leap so since we're talking football today it's like playing high school ball and jumping to the nfl okay <laughs> you miss college football in the middle you know <laughs> it's it's a lot mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of coordination anna brickachek is here my campaign manager she's yep. listening in and um, she's she's done congressional campaigns before, and she knows how intricate it is. So she helps guide me, okay, no doubt, because I would certainly misstep, you know, because you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. So um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. I we've you know you build an infrastructure. It's almost like a small business, you know, where you're raising money. That's your revenue, and then you're doing a job. You know, you're, you've got to have field organization. You have to have fundraising. You have to have somebody who's guiding it. You've got to have your boss, you know, um, to do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's thrilling, and it's daunting, and it's a little scary, too. You know, it is. Yeah. So, so what made you – what was the deciding factor for you to decide this is the leap I want to take? This, I mean, I can bring this to the table. What, what was this that you're going to bring to the table? This was, for me um, – I think there were a couple of different things. So when we look at the January 6th issue Mm -hmm. and when Ashley Henson decided that she wasn't going to vote for the committee to investigate the January 6th insurgency and she voted against it, I I was shocked. And that was one of the things that really motivated me to make that decision. I had been asked to run against Jim Leach years ago when I was a reporter. I didn't do it. Bruce Braley, when he uh, was running for U.S. Senate, sat in my living room and said, you know, I'd like you to run for my seat. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I wasn't ready. Okay. You know, I wasn't ready. And I think a lot of people will say they let themselves get flattered into it, you know, where, oh, you'd be great at that. Right. Oh, you should do that. You know, Liz, yeah, do that. No, I'm just not that type of person that's going to do that. I have to be motivated. It has to be in my gut. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to know that this is good for me and good for the voter and good for the constituent, you know, especially now in our second district, mm-hmm. that it's good for them. And I'd be a good representative. So that's that's one of the reasons I ran when I uh, decided that I would run. And on July 27th, when we announced, um, I was in the grocery store going through the line and the Hy-Vee clerk said, we're not supposed to talk about politics, but I'm so glad you're running. You know, I'm so glad you're running. And it's about time. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people said, well, it's about time you ran. So what we're going to do is just take all of that stuff that I've done in the past, which is mm-hmm. TV at Channel 7, TV at Channel 9, uh, being a professor at Wartburg College, going nights. Mm-hmm. We got a we got a night on this crew here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then uh, work at Four Oaks. Most certainly, I worked there for 13 years with helping people who were helping kids. So I was part of the administration. I was doing community engagement, getting people people's arms wrapped around what we were doing, trying to explain what we were doing, and then internal communication and external communication and advocacy work and policy work and so that was kind of my ballywick it it fit with reporting right you're sourcing yeah you're calling you're writing it's all the same skill set and i loved my work at four oaks so i worked there for 13 years and then i just retired this may to run for congress that's awesome yeah i and so all of that and you wrap it up with 10 years in the state senate i'm gonna roll the dice and go See what happens. Yeah, see what happens. That's exciting. I there's no there are no Democratic challengers to you right now, are there? No, 
Mm-mm. Okay. So we we put out 120 endorsements uh, the day after uh, we announced, and it's all the statewide people yeah. who would support us, including Tom Miller, who doesn't endorse usually. Yeah. So yeah, we too busy listening to Tupac. <laughs> 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 no, no, that was the other guy listening was, to Tupac. He who's was the other DHS guy? Director. DHS director. who's that? <laughs> yeah, uh, he What's was. He was. A I thought that was the Attorney DHS General. Director Jerry Fox. Hope oh, he was the one. Yeah, yeah. and he was listening guy. to Tupac, and they're like, yeah, we'd send out emails with like stuff about Tupac. That was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was it so was. awesome. People were very surprised. They thought it was a gag. Yeah, you know, like, did he really do this? Yeah, he was into Tupac. That's but so no, cool. Tom Miller is not into Tupac. Tom we can Miller get it. We is might into be able to tobacco get settlements. That's oh, what okay. he's into. Yeah, he's okay. into that. They have another one coming up too, a big a big settlement case. So, And then Rob Sand uh, endorsed Cindy Axney, Christy Vilsack, Abby Finkenauer. So we've got a lot of okay. good people on our side. I, I should also note for the podcast that you are our very first ever reoccurring guest. Oh my first gosh. Ever. And I don't I think it's so honored. I don't think it's because people are like not wanting to come back. It's because mm-hmm. we haven't really reached out to them yet. <laughs> we have reached out to J.D. Schulten. He wants to come back. Oh, well, of course We're trying to travel to him. We're still working the He's details. Awesome. But you JD are is awesome. You're the first reoccurring guest to Pines and Diplomacy. So that's, oh, uh, that's a that's a badge of honor. Great. <laughs> badge oh my of honor. gosh. And we're here in this little office. The acoustics right. are pretty good, don't you think? Yeah, they're yeah, great. This is going to be great. It'd be great for editing, yeah, for yeah. sure. Good, good. <laughs> um, this is where the interview probably takes a turn for the worst because we're going to pitch you some ideas. Okay. We have some right. ideas for you. Now, right. uh, and is this policy or what, what um, are we going to do? Oof, I've, policy might be a hefty word for it. <laughs> I think it, it, in terms, technically, probably, but okay. I wouldn't. All right. Okay. Some are serious, some are not so serious, but maybe there's some hidden gems in there. We don't know. All right. All right. Um, but if you were you are to get elected, we would love to sit down in Washington D.C. with you oh, and be just great. be advocates to help people and give you some good ideas. Um, Kramer, why don't you start with your Mike? <laughs> is, Mike is look at he's got yeah, a we got list. Out. We were he's got a list. There's some thought put into this. We were up last night, maybe or maybe oh, not drinking some, my, trying to come up with some oh, really good ideas my. to help America. Alcohol induced ideas. Yeah, I feel like some of the greatest bring, ideas bring in Congress on. happened that way. <laughs> I'm sure. Maybe in the olden days, you know, right. there is a there is a gin called Green Hat Gin. Okay. Now you need to Google it and find out there was during Prohibition. They brought gin into the into the U.S. Capitol, so you have to read about it. So and they could enjoy the so things the peasants now, couldn't. <laughs> as this nostalgic, you know, view over yeah. prohibition, it's called Green Hat Gin. So anyway, we'll lead with that. Okay. Well, Mike, what what do you got? Your best idea. Your best idea. I don't know. If this is my best idea, but um, you know, I, we're all educators, and so one of the things they do to try to fix our dysfunctional education system is we do team building activities, mm-hmm. and so we do. Things that you have to get together with people and do things that are supposed to build your team up. So what happens if you guys did that? Like you guys had to get together, like on the Senate or the Congress, had to get together and do team building activities like carve a pumpkin, raise a dog. Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Oh, dodge <laughs> do like the pyramid dodge thing. Ball. You have to build the human pyramid a, a little pyramid. bit. pyramid. We might have some back issues Well, there. get Mitch McConnell but on top I of a pyramid. Pyramid, Mitch, that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, depending on how heavy Mitch is, I think, you know, we probably could do that. <laughs> like in the office, you could do like one where you like lose a bunch of weight. Like what, who can lose more weight, the Democrats <laughs> or Republicans? <laughs> really, really? Or should we intermix oh, teams? Like Democrats team and Republicans. Building, this would be good. Well, well, okay, here's a team builder. I did... Meet Mondays, M-E-A-T Mondays oh, okay. at the Big Steer. And it was Ken Rosenboom, Annette Sweeney, and Tom Shipley, three Republicans from the Ag Committee. And then I had three Democrats go. It was Kevin Kinney and Zach Walls and me. But I okay. asked everybody, 
do you all like meat? That was the first. Well, everybody liked meat. Sure. So that was good. It wasn't an M-E-E-T Monday. <laughs> but then we went to the big steer in Altoona, mm-hmm. and we would have meat. That's cool. <laughs> and it was great. The issue was really around, uh, it was like team building. I, you know, and I thought, okay, I don't know Annette very well. I want to get to know her better. I wanted to get to know Ken. And Tom Shipley's just a great guy. He's just mm-hmm. a nice man. And so, and Kevin Kinney, you know, and, the, and Zach Walls, they're terrific too. You know, but I know them pretty well. I know their backgrounds because we caucus together, right. you know, every day. So, so we went to Meet Mondays, and the first Meet Monday, Annette Sweeney says, yeah, Dave and I, my husband and I were on a blind date, and we sat in that booth right back there. So, I mean, it was, and the conversation just went crazy. It was fun. We learned about each other's families. We learned about, you know, how much they farmed. Uh, what farming meant, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, okay, there was a little small talk there, you know, about policy and things like that. But then when Ken got up on the floor to talk about the ag gag bill, this is the fourth the fourth uh, one, I knew that he was going to get up and talk, and I went over and I said, you know what, we're friends, but I'm going to vote against this, and I'll tell you why. So I told him beforehand what I was going to do. And even when I stood up on the floor and did debate it, I said, look, I feel badly for what's happened to your family because there were some people who came on their property and cut a hole through their, uh, for their, from, through their hog house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it was, it was uh, feeder pigs, I think, in the, in, the, in the house. And so, you know, they did some damage to their property. And, you know, I told him that I felt, I, I mean, that's fearful. You know, if somebody's coming on your property and they don't know that you're on your property, anybody's going to be afraid right. of that. But the issue was more about a First Amendment issue. And I told him that while they were trying to increase penalties to a Class D felony for somebody to come on property, and then what is destruction, right, um, that I said, well, think about a reporter who is covering a barn fire, and they're waved on your property, and the authorities say, you can ask, yeah, you can come on the property and take pictures of while we're fighting this fire. And let's say you back up and you hit a grain bin and you, you dent it, or you back up into a tractor and you, you do something to the wheelbase or something. Is the reporter going to be charged with a Class D felony because they were on the property yeah. and they made some damage? So I said, you know what? There are trespassing laws already. You have a county sheriff and you have a county attorney, and that should be handled by them. And so therefore, I don't think that this this ag-gag law is needed. I right. don't believe that this increased penalty is needed. I think it's overboard, and we already have a way to cover this crime. Right. And so um, so I you know, I stood up, and I told him that that's, that's how I was going to vote. And later, he came over to me, and he said, I I'm still don't agree with you. And I'm not quite sure I understand why you did that, but I respect you. Right. So, so you know, that's all I expect. As a reporter, if that incident did play out that way, would yeah. would just whoever you're working for would take care of paying for what happened? Like, hey, it was our bad. We we knocked it well, over. Well, the problem is you'd have a personal class D felony on your right. on your record. As yeah, a reporter. which shouldn't happen. Like in yeah, retrospect, that's like, bad. If that were to actually happen, the way <laughs> that's very bad. Can you still run for Congress if you have that? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. No, well, you know if it's no, investigated, could, there's there's a lot be, of gray area there. You Matt Gates is exploiting all of that at this you point. You might not be able to get a job. Yeah, and then you, then you'd be promoting ban the box, right? right. <laughs> so you'd be like, and you would just think you know, that the, the news company or whoever you're working for would just be like, yeah, our bad, we'll take care of it. We'll we'll, we'll reimburse everything. We'll but take it's care still of it. on your personal and record. Th- but that's why this should the, it should just be handled without the law there. Almost, I feel like the company would do the right.
right thing and say, our bad, we'll take care of that. You would hope. Yeah, like that would be ideal, but, like the right thing to do. But that's the issue. So let's say you're, you're a reporter and you're going to take a water sample. Mm-hmm. And the DNR allows you to, to come with them. Or, or you're out there and the DNR is there. Oh, early trick-or-treaters. Did you guys hear that, that doorbell ring? They're doing early trick-or-treaters? Maybe we have some trick-or-treaters. I don't know. Man, we didn't bring candy. I left my candy in my classroom. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You I say, if they're 21, yeah, we got, we if they're 21. We got a beer there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a parent involved. A parent. We can give the parent. <laughs> well, I did get a big bag of candy, and Anna's already gotten into it. So she, That's awesome. She had to get a crackle bar. So, yeah. And I got. I was going to get Hershey's, but I thought I'd coat my throat for this interview. So <laughs> otherwise, I'd be halfway through the bag, too. But no, so let's say you're going to go get a water sample, and and you're with the DNR, and you step on land mm-hmm. while you're doing that. And the the um, the bill was about taking samples as well. Well, they were taking they were thinking focusing on taking samples from a hog house or a hog confinement or from a, a, a cattle confinement. And I was looking at it in a way. Well, what if you were taking water samples? Mm-hmm. That's a sample as well. And a lot of investigative reporters do that. They take water samples from. Uh, you know, endangered streams, right. and you check them in January, you check them in April, and you 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 try to create a benchmark for for what the pollutants are in there, and then you take it to a lab, and you know, and you do that, you do that independently, and it's possible that a, a reporter could be affected by that because then you be, could be charged with class D felony yeah, around taking a sample of water. That seems like a almost an like Eighth Amendment issue of punishment doesn't fit the crime kind of thing cruel and unusual punishment yeah that just seems ridiculous to me so it will probably go to the iowa supreme court again mm-hmm. and um the first three ag gag bills were voted down or or were thrown out by mm-hmm. the, the supreme court so this was a fourth one i think one is still on hold okay the first two were out and i think the third one is on hold so okay yeah um here's this you're gonna hate this idea i'm pretty confident on this one this is not a good idea that i have i i think there's some there's something there i don't know what it is yet yeah this is what we call telegraphing yeah i'm just i'm letting you know just so you you don't feel bad to say it's a stupid idea you can tell me it's stupid that's okay okay so voting rights in our country seems to be a hot button issue yes so let's encourage states to improve their laws to encourage more people to vote and by doing that Let's admit D.C. as the 51st state, but we're only allowed to have 50 states. So we have one floating state. So meaning the state with the lowest amount of voter turnout, which right now would be Arkansas, has to take four years and Arkansas would go to Mexico. If you're in the north part of the country, you would spend four years in Canada. Hold on. Hold on. This is a good idea. This is a formula. This This is a a wild. This is wild. So then, hold on. This is a good idea. He the, says. the hook, like, the hook might be there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, What's your elevator speed on this? I don't know. It's not great. Um, but the idea would be that if you can get to ninety percent voter turnout in your state, you're set. So we can have fifty-one states if everybody's above ninety percent. So okay. if you really want to be a part of our country, then get encourage people to vote and participate and take maybe that's your education or whatever it may be. But get people out there to vote. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to be a part of Mexico or Canada, depending on where you're Yeah, basically the whole idea is you are getting punished if your state doesn't care enough to vote. Yes. And so you just don't get to be a part of our nation. You'll still get funding. You'll get funding. But, You'll well, get all that stuff. But you, like, I think you get some pushback. But, with like, that, but like with D.C., you, you wouldn't get your senators. Like D.C.'s voting and they're doing their – they have some good voter turnout, but they don't get the representation in the Senate. So we're saying you're going to be treated like D.C. if you don't vote. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, I think you get some pushback on this. I can't imagine why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, in, in what state right now has 90% voted? Oh, vote? not a lot. Not a lot. I was setting the bar high to give every <laughs> state something to shoot for. Um, but I think I was at like 70-something. So we have a long ways to go. I guess... 90% of the eligible voting population would be, I guess, uh-huh. be more accurate way to put it. But So when I look at some of my, just from state senate, the mm-hmm. turnout, so I represent 64,000 people, sometimes 35,000 vote. Mm-hmm. You know, it's half. Yeah. Less than, well, a little bit more than half, right? So so you kind of go, hmm, okay, and we think that's pretty good voter turnout. So, yeah, yeah we, we need to increase voter turnout because we need to make it easier for people. Right. Right. You know, come on. And the disability community, very definitely, we have to make it accessible, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to pull up in the uh, county administration parking lot and you want to drop your ballot off and let's say you can't easily get out of your car if you're disabled, you know, there should be someone there to ta- be able to take your ballot or you should be able to fill out an absentee ballot mm-hmm. from home and have that, you know, mailed to you. It should not be hard. The role of the Secretary of State should be making voting better for people and getting more people signed up to vote, not less. And some of the restrictions that we've seen are scaring people. Mm-hmm. They're scaring people. And some some of these are motivating people because they, they're going to try to get that quick turnaround with the absentee ballot and they're really going to work hard. But why do we have to work so hard for that? Yeah. It should be much easier. It should be something. Actually, I've submitted you know, automatic voter registration for a couple of years. It's a bill. I don't know. It's probably 20 pages long or so. Okay. And, uh, and it's about you know, everybody is opted in. And if you, you know, and during for voting age, and if you don't want to vote, you have to opt out. You have to actually physically opt out. Mm-hmm. And we gather that information through the DOT and from other sources within, you know, your school years or other things that you're signed up for. So, yeah, it makes it makes sense. Just well, I think everything easier. I think here's the problem, though. Um, if everybody votes, then re- Republicans can't win. I think that I think that's the issue that they're having with it. I think that was even like part of the legal like like no I think that was actually part of their argument of why they have some of these bills they, to level the playing field for them I think that was part of their legal argument in some issues or some parts of the states that were there in the courts mm-hmm. arguing that stuff was mm-hmm. they were trying to level the playing field because if everybody votes or more people vote and statistically it does help Democrats then mm-hmm. and so I think maybe that's part of the, the defensive I, playbook there I think the Republicans uh, banner is that they're trying to make uh, the vote fraud free yes yeah, more secure and secure yeah. and how we see it as Democrats is you're making it harder for people to vote and that's not good mm-hmm. it's not like you know when we first argued the ID you know uh, presenting an ID I said well this isn't a bank mm-hmm. you know this is a right it yeah. is a right that you have. It's not a privilege. You know, people would say, well, yeah, I'm sh- I got to show my ID when I cash a check. This isn't cashing a check. Mm-hmm. This is casting a ballot. You're an American. You know, this is casting a ballot. So that's that's what we argued first. Right. And then it just crept along. And then the Republican majority came along. And then more and more. And we haven't been able to stop it. Do you well, th- and a lot of this stuff is from the Republicans seems like s- solutions looking for problems because voter fraud isn't that is not that prevalent. So it's, it's, yeah, it's upsetting. and Here's a little fun fact. So here's a little fun fact. I'm saying in whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Don't anybody hear. Whisper. It's not yeah. that fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the Senator Dan Dawson, who okay. I deeply respect, and he is a DCI agent. And 
uh, while he's in the state Senate. He's a Republican while he's in the state Senate. We've worked on several bills together, uh, trying to make sure that the rape test kits are actually tested and they're kept. And he was one of those people, one of those senators that was right in the front. And, and he asked me to be part of that, asked me to be part of that bill. Um, but he was also, uh, before he was a state senator, worked for the Secretary of State's office, and he was the one investigating the voter fraud. Okay. So I did ask him about this, and I'm not going to repeat what he said, but, um, but he is on the front lines, and he might be a person that you'd want to have a conversation with about sure. voter laws. I know that he does have the Republican line on voter laws, but uh, I think he saw really in investigating that the inside, uh, the, he, he was on the inside looking out for that. And there were articles about an investigator finding this or that wherever in Scott County or, you know, he was traveling all over the state, but they never named him, but right. it was Dan Dawson. So blink twice if he said there's no <laughs> fraud. <laughs> Very She's turning away. She's blinking three let times, record, actually. It's just really weird. Let the record show I've turned my back on the three interviewers. She didn't say anything. No, that is for you to discover. But does he, uh, real question, though. I don't does he drink out. at 10 a.m. on a Saturday? I have no idea. Dan, Dan is uh, by the book. He's a law enforcement officer. He's a great guy. He really is. And I'm not going to say anything bad that's fair. about him. And that's Reach part out to of the him. olive branch, right? Extending mm-hmm. the olive branch. Yep. And making sure that you can get work done. Yeah. You know, instead of always trying to, you sure. know, go, go against each other. So. All right, Ryan, what's your idea? What's your legislative idea? Oh, um, this wasn't my idea, but it's really jumping off the, the screen. I'm looking That's a at, good start. Oh, we might have to edit it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sponsor a bill that forces Rudy Giuliani to lead a nationally mm. syndicated. <laughs> I just heard you groan, Tyler. Um, <laughs> Nationally syndicated sex ed class for our nation's schools, um, <laughs> just for men, and it will be called Four Seasons Total Manscaping. I think that could be very powerful in the ways we're probably not thinking of, in the exact opposite direction. Well, uh, could we put an amendment on there to find out how that mascara or whatever he had <laughs> Hair on dye. the sideburn <laughs> yes. started dripping down his face? That'll be part of the manscaping portion of the, the class. We'll seasons. teach them... As high schoolers, when you get older, how do you dye your hair? Yeah, I, I think it was, you know what, it was root stuff. Don't you think it was? He put, like, root I uh, hope spray, so. and that was, it was just so hot. That yeah. It was, yeah. Anyway, could we add an amendment? Yeah, that? absolutely. We're open to okay. plenty right. of amendments there. Right. I wonder yeah. if that would pass. Um, yeah, I just feel like girls aren't going to be interested in that, so I just we'll just excuse them from that yeah, in probably, general. They probably yeah. have better things It'd to do. Be ruled not germane, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> Rudy, that might be popular. Well, he's not popular in New York Very anymore. Very interesting, boy. This was, I think, this was alcohol infused. These, these ideas. Some of these are good. Like I said, that I wasn't even mine. Can I that hit wasn't you, mine. Can I, I hit you with a good idea now, though? This is a good oh, idea. Ross okay, Smith said this is a good idea. Ross, Ross, yeah, Ross Smith. Ross did. Okay, okay. He said Let's this is a good idea. I okay. said we should, as of, whether it's the state of Iowa or the federal government, should initiate a holiday that's not a paid day off or anything like that. So Republicans can't say it's just Americans seeking another paid day of leave. Um, what we would do is we'd be National Pints and Diplomacy Day, where the federal government would just encourage the culture of saying, hey, why don't you today maybe even partner with like some big like Budweiser or whatever it may be to offer deals or specials, encourage bars to have extend their happy hour an hour and encourage people to go out and visit with somebody of the different opposite political belief and just have a good conversation with them. Costs no money. Yeah. But it's just all about promoting civil discourse and having a beer and having a good time. Let's let's get a comment from the the former wrestler. Let's hear it. Over let's hear here. it. 
Well, I know that alcohol and politics usually go together really well. <laughs> they do and they don't. Well, that's right? this. This right? would heal that. That's the whole point: is that we would learn to have a beer and acknowledge each other's differences yes. and get I think along. The key is a yes. beer. A beer. A beer. One. Not like, and then you get back to your one. own team. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, that's that's interesting. And what would the title page look like for that? What would this would be interesting? What would the title page for that bill like look the, like? The name of the legislation? Yes. Yeah. What um, would it be? Operation Pints and Diplomacy. <laughs> Act. Beer. And, yeah, the Pints and Diplomacy Act. Act. There we go. Yeah. And I and then that has nothing to do with branding our name and getting that out there further for our own personal gain. Yeah. Nothing to do with oh, that yeah. at all. But then we'd have to go and ruin it and we'd have to put amendments on about alcohol content right. and where we would dispose the bottles or the plastic uh, yep. and then where it would be held. And let me see, uh, no one can drink and drive. And it would be a and, great time and, to promote that. And, 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 and it would get so weighed down. We'll get Uber involved. Would you give up or you'd keep going? I don't know. I'm a big believer in drinking a beer and no no i'd probably give up after a little bit of that one um a couple suggestions or maybe thought you can help us give us some suggestions okay the filibuster is a big deal i know your role wouldn't if if elected wouldn't play uh, you wouldn't and play with the filibuster part of the filibuster so there are two parts there's a majority vote yeah and then there's just getting on the floor and going yeah right? like, i think i think number right? one you should actually have to be out there filibustering i think that's just that has to happen um and Instead of invoking cloture and you know getting that sixty vote threshold to mm -hmm. to get rid of the filibuster, what if there were some fun alternatives to just to beat the filibuster? <laughs> like I think we talked about, um, you know, somebody's filibustering. If you audibly get them to laugh, it breaks the filibuster. They laugh, and then whoever's presiding over the hearing would say, "Nope, you're done. That you broke the filibuster." I'd say no, Dr. Seuss books. Okay, which is interesting. Oh, that's really that's crazy. That you brought that up because I literally had a book I was going to bring here and make you read it to see if you could do I'm it correctly. I'm dead serious. That was exactly, and I forgot it was on my kitchen table. My daughter was like, why are you bringing this? I'm like, I want to see if somebody can read this. That's really weird how you brought Dr. That's, yeah, no, that's Dr. kind Seuss, of interesting. You know, Ted Cruz did that. Yeah, well, yeah, I think yeah. it was Green Eggs and Ham. What, yeah. was he, what did he read? Green Eggs and Ham? Green Eggs and no, Ham. No, no, no. Yeah. He did, he read I vetoed that one, though. the Butter Battle book? That's the best That's one. the one with the Beetle Battle? Battle book. That they one-up each other. They keep one-upping each other. So I had the beetle battle. Oh, the beetle battle with the beetle battle. Uh, Fox on socks, I want to say, is oh, what it was. that's a good one. But the thing is, like, with this one, you have to read it correctly. As soon as you mess it up, oh, you, you're done. Yep, you can't filibuster anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is impossible. I have kids, yeah. and I read them. And every time they make me read one of those, it's like, it's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine some, some of them trying to read that. What about, like, when the moment... The moment the filibuster begins, the opposing party, let's say Mitch McConnell's filibuster, or Ted Cruz, because he's, he's into that. Yeah. Um, the opposing party, Nancy, uh, not Nancy Pelosi, would be like Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Chuck Schumer, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming, just going to assume that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have no, like, they're not interested. But every other Democrat, their goal would be to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> if they can successfully steal it and get it to the floor of the Senate. You know what? Uh, my my money would be on Amy Klobuchar yep. and Gillibrand for sure because she's got muscles. Okay. Somebody said that there was a video on Twitter uh, that was a time lapse photography where uh, when Manchin came into the Senate, she just made a beeline for him <laughs> just the oh, other man. day, you know, and then That's stood awesome. up and she was like in his face and stuff. Yeah, Gosh. yeah. I'd I'd put my money on those two women being able to pull off the yeah. pull off a Nicholas Cage. Yeah, seriously. Basically, at what point does Nicolas Cage actually become a senator at that point? Yeah, I think. I because know. he knows how to do it. He's done know. it. 
I don't know. Nicholas he can steal Cage. a card in 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, all right, so we've had, yeah, those are silly questions. But uh, yeah. we, we're right at our time here. We don't want to keep it too late. But uh, what is, we have two questions left. Sure. But they're both, Go ahead. one of them is elevator pitch, speaking to our listeners and, and any potential voters that we're going to uh, blast us out to. What is your elevator pitch, minute, two minute, whatever it is? Um, what would you tell them? Why should they vote for you? I'd tell them I'm an Iowa native. I live here. I've worked here. I know people, I'm fair, and I'll do the right thing. Vote for me. That's a good elevator pitch. That's short, <laughs> succinct, and it's, quick. That's yeah. probably first the floor. shortest first floor. It's the first thing floor. I've ever said about my campaign. <laughs> I have a tendency to say, well, I, you know, yeah, elevator yeah. speeches are hard to do, you know, just mm-hmm. within that. But that's about it. Yeah, fair enough. That's about it. Ryan, this the last one is your idea, so you go for it. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot. Even though we're in October, so, it's okay. Yeah, we're in October. Um, but we want to do, so with everybody that we're going to interview over the next month-ish, um, we just want to ask them, what, what are they thankful for? And it can be like, like really sincere, like heartfelt things. It can be little things. It can be anything you want. Um, but just rattle off a few things. And then what we're going to do with this eventually is put together a montage. Montage. Oh. Montage. Things that... Uh, the people that we interview are thankful for. We've we'll recently become like TikTok uh, semi famous, semi famous, semi famous. Yeah, we, we some videos blow up. We went to uh, we went to a Trump think? rally and interviewed some people, and those kind of they got were viral. impressive individuals. Yeah. I'd say we've garnered about a million views on TikTok in the last few weeks. Really? So we're gaining a lot of followers, and so we want to do some. I mean, we're looking for more TikTok content. Okay. And so this is this this would be a good fun one. What are what are you thankful for? Oh, I know this is going to sound cliche. You guys go, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're all going to no be cliche. cliche. It's, yeah. it's a cliche know, question. But it's really family. Yeah. It's my family, and uh, my parents have passed away, and Mark's parents have passed away, and we have this crazy mixed up family. We have, uh, you know, Mark's mom remarried, and we have that family, and we, it's extended family, and we are all family at Thanksgiving. We ha- we've gathered at our house so my husband and my house for 26 years and the kids expect certain kinds of you know potatoes and dessert and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. they can't wait i think they're happier and more excited for thanksgiving than they are for christmas or any other holiday and we all get together and we do a dance party so first we eat until we're stuffed i mean literally stuffed we can barely move around the guys do the dishes and then we clear the floor and we do a 70s 80s wow. dance party and we and our floor is really slippery and so we put on socks and we just kind of shimmy around and our theme song for our family is love shack oh yeah and we play it at every wedding of every kid that's gotten married in our family we wait until the last the last thing that says tin roof rusted and so yeah so it's love shack and family and it's just togetherness and it is so loud just probably like your house too sure i mean we've got everybody in here more than 25 people you know all crammed into this house and um and it's a riot you can't hear yourself you're eating too much you know you're having a little wine and it's dance party okay and then Okay, this is the piece de resistance. This is the first, you are the first people that know this. Okay. My sister-in-law has, she works at a theater. It's called the Metropolis Theater in Arlington Heights. And they did spam a lot. And there oh. was this, like this, uh, you know how you do like a spinning wheel, of yeah. a, a wheel that turned it, plap, 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 right? Yep. Okay, so 
they had it for the spam a lot props so she turned into wheel of chris giving we have christmas and thanksgiving all at once okay and so she spins it and it has crazy things that we have to do it's a game and um you know it's like how much do you know about your spouse you know and then she pulls out these questions and you have to say in front of everybody they're the crazy crazy okay. things and that lasts for like two hours and then we have a white elephant uh game. oh those are the best and we pass on twas the night before christmas and we have had um, scary things. We usually get things out of our basement that you wrap up elaborately mm-hmm. wrapped, you know, to kind of sure. fool everybody to say, oh, this looks like it's going to be great. Great. And it ends up being a Barbie doll without a head on it or something. <laughs> you know? And so we do that. And I got a taco dish from my brother in law that had a big chip off of it. Okay. We use it every year. We use it every year for taco, uh, you know, for chips and salsa. Even though it leaks, yeah. we I tape the bottom and we still use tradition. it. Tradition. So it's for tradition sure. and it's our crazy family. And before the meal, we all stand around, we hold hands, and we talk about what we're thankful for. And sometimes, you know, my nieces and nephews will say something crazy, but usually um, my mother-in-law, Sally, who's the you know, the matriarch of the family, right. she says something that brings all tears to our eyes and makes us all feel, you know, like we want to be her when we grow up. And so it's just a lot yeah. of fun. It's just a blast that we look forward to. Is there by chance any apple pie that's made? Oh, yes. There has been in the past. There's rumors that you make an apple pie that's really I good. I do. Oh, I do. Award winning. But yeah. I really, at Thanksgiving, I make banana pudding. Okay. That's because my husband's from the South. And oh. banana pudding is what his grandma made. You know, from <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. Alabama <laughs> roll tide. And so we, you know. Would that explain the so Alabama mouse pad yeah, over here? Yeah, okay. Is yeah. he from Alabama then? He's He was born in Tuscaloosa. Is he, so he's a Crimson his Tide fan? His dad was uh, recruited to Rockwell Collins. So when oh, Mark okay. was just a little kid, they moved here to Cedar Rapids. Yeah. And then his dad and mom, his mom was the director of nursing at UFI Hospital. His dad was the head of engineering at the hospital. Uh, when he passed away but yeah we're we're a medical family okay my sister was a nurse my mom was a nurse my sister-in-law's a nurse my brother-in-law's a doctor you know it goes on and on but yeah he's he is a roll tide guy uh liz thank you for joining us we appreciate it um this is some fun interview we learned more about you and your family and and just your policy positions and where you stand and everything that's that's good to hear so thank you for letting us uh, come into your home and interview you and drink obviously at yeah, yeah. Okay, before noon it. i'm not drinking no, she, yeah, I'm Liz, having coke. she is not <laughs> drinking she has other engagements today but <laughs> we too. are degenerates and we will <laughs> we and will I love to watch that that's just a yeah. football that's yeah. game day right there. absolutely we're, we're drinking because you can't right now <laughs> yeah that's right there we go we're drinking for drink you for those who can't yes yeah. exactly all right thank you so much for joining you're us you're welcome yes. you're welcome this is fun And we're back. And that was our interview with Liz Mathis. Ryan, why don't you hit us with the first takeaway? So I found it rather refreshing um, on several different topics, I believe. She referred, you know, when we asked her about um, January 6th, you know, Mike asked her, uh, doesn't that, does, does delving into that and looking into that more, investigating it more, doesn't that just increase the divisiveness? Doesn't that just add to it? And she re- she kind of talked about how if if that's what the voters want, if that's what the consti- her constituents want, um, then she's gonna you know she's gonna follow that. And she referred to that several different times, I, I believe, during the interview that um, you know talked about doing what the people want, and doing what the voters want, and doing what her constituents want. And I don't know, like that just that's refreshing to me um, that she's gonna or not refreshing maybe, but just 
uh, that feels good. Um, that she, you know she's gonna let that be be the guide of uh, her guide as she you know makes decisions and and legislates and which should, that should be every what everybody does. Anybody in elected office, right. that's what they should be doing. But it doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. So um, that felt good, I guess, and I, and and I appreciated that. And hopefully she, uh, with that, she will then now forgive me for taking the power cord. So you are taking full responsibility for that now? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I didn't put it in the box. <laughs> That's fair. I um, think I picked it up off the floor, though. So um, My takeaway is kind of similar. I just said she was very respectful. She wouldn't really say anything controversial about anybody or anything. Even like, I don't think we were trying to get her to say anything. No. But she had opportunities where she could have like said something potentially that could have been... Maybe like, thrown somebody under the bus or yeah, something. And yeah, and that... That's not what we were trying to do, but no. she was very good at her, choosing her words wisely to make sure she didn't come off as controversial or like try to put anybody down or anything. Which is like we like you just mentioned, really good of a of a representative. Something you'd want your representative to do. Well, so. and that kind of goes with the, just the the theme of the you know why we created the podcast in yeah. the first place, being diplomatic. Yep. You know, not trying to not trying to create problems or stir up controversy, mm-hmm. uh, but to show that you can just have like a a regular conversation. And um, yeah, she's not not trying to be controversial or, or create issues where exactly. there's no need for it. Uh, and also last thing I wrote down was we're, we're not, we're probably uninvited to Thanksgiving. So I just wanted to throw that in there again. Yeah. I was really looking forward to love shack and dancing and her apple pie and all that stuff. But, well, and oh her, well, her, maybe next time she talked a lot about her family and I don't know, like after the right. interview and stuff, she talked a lot about her family. Um, very impressive. Also very impressive family. Yeah. But, um, very successful. No, like I, yeah, I feel like now we're gonna miss out on being able to meet some really amazing people, all because um, I, all because you didn't stop me from, yeah, picking up that power cord. And I apologize for that. I blame you. To you, I apologize to you, and I apologize to her. I should have be, I should be more responsible, be on top of my game. I need but to you, learn. But her we daughter, need to label our cords. I don't know. She mentioned her daughter like being super successful. So if you're listening to this or watching this, um, uh, help us out. Help us. Connections. Yeah, help us. <laughs> Please. I don't know. You have us. a lot of connections, so. Uh, yeah, help us out. I don't know. Is that weird? I don't know. Oh, well. Um, that is our show. <laughs> we're not, we're not, be- we're not yeah. beneath getting weird. Come on. Hey, listen. We have almost a million views on TikTok, so kind of a big deal. So, you better lean into that. All right, that's our show. <laughs> that's a, that is our episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with more on the elections from, uh, a lot of school board elections too, but we'll, we'll kind of recap the chaos that is probably going to ensue on, on November 2nd or, or today, I guess, so. Get your vaccine booster. Make sure to vote. Politics does not touch football. Politics is winner, take all. It always has been, and it always will be. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their love with women all across this country. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. 